What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week. In this episode, I want to talk about the Bills going 6-2 for the first time since 1993 with a win over the Washington Redskins. And in the second segment, I want to talk about the UB Bulls' dominating win over Eastern Michigan. Stay tuned, and let's have some fun. Before we start this podcast, I want to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who has listened to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, I want you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody you know that enjoys sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, on Anchor. If you want to contact me at all, you can get at me at my email, which is sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at sportstalkbuff1. That's sportstalkbuff1 on Twitter to find out the latest news and notes from the show and also my opinions on a lot of the things that are going on in and around sports in general. Again, thank you all for listening. So let's keep this podcast growing and keep the ball rolling. So if you're ready, let's jump right into it. All right, let's jump right into things in segment number one, talking about the Bills win over the Redskins 24-9. It was Dwayne Haskins' first start. Uh, He actually didn't look too bad, but the question I want to start everybody off with is how concerned with you are you with the Bills defense, specifically the run defense? In the first half, Adrian Peterson seemed to get as many yards as he wanted against the interior of the Buffalo Bills. He ended up, Adrian Peters, Peterson, pardon me, ended up finishing with 18 carries for 108 yards. As I said before, he ripped off multiple big runs straight up the middle against this Bills defense. Is it a concern? This is now three weeks in a row that the Bills run defense has not looked that good and has gotten eaten alive on the inside and basically manhandled at the line of scrimmage. That is going to be a big deal, in my opinion, if or when they start playing better teams. Fortunately for the Bills, they don't really have a whole lot of uh, better teams left on this schedule, so the Bills should be able to get to 10, maybe 11 wins and cruise into the playoffs. That is my hope. And In the playoffs, you know, it's a one-game elimination. Hey, anything can happen. If they lose in the first round, they lose in the first round. But playoffs in two out of three years under Sean McDermott, after going almost two decades without the playoffs at all, I'll take that any single day of the week. Also, I want to talk a little bit about Dwayne Haskins. I thought that the Bills' defense would absolutely ruin this kid. He didn't look too good in in the few snaps that he did have earlier in the season he everyone was saying that he wasn't ready he was you know maybe not a hard-working guy maybe he didn't know the playbook that well maybe it was the game plan maybe it was Dwayne Haskins but he did not look overwhelmed in this game at all I thought that he played a very solid game managing type game 
Not a bad way to start out or have a first start as a rookie quarterback. And he finished 15 of 22 for 144 yards, three carries in 14, uh, three carries for 14 yards. And he had zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Now, you want him to have touchdowns? Absolutely. But the big thing here is he did not throw any interceptions. And I don't believe he had any fumbles in this game either. So no turnovers for the rookie Dwayne Haskins in his first start ever in the NFL. That has to be a very encouraging thing for the Washington Redskins. Now let's jump over to the Buffalo Bills offense. We're going to talk about the uh, the fact that they only put up 24 points again against one of the uh, bottom half defenses, probably 20th, I think it was 21st uh, points against in the NFL, something like that. And in this game, again, they didn't ask Allen to do a whole lot. They did commit to the run, however, which is something that a lot of Bills fans were really clamoring for. And they did get Devin Singletary involved. Singletary got 23 touches, 20 carries, 3 receptions in this game. And I got to tell you, when he gets involved, they look good. He looks good. Devin Singletary is absolutely a three-down back in the NFL. He is going to be the Buffalo Bills bell cow. I don't think they're going to retain Frank Gore next year. Frank Gore is either going uh, should potentially continue his career with somebody else if he wants to. Um, but I think that you, we no longer need a Frank Gore on this team. You have Devin Singletary. He is your three-down back. You get a solid backup that can come in and spell him every once in a while. And you have a very capable running back in the backfield for not just running the ball he did have 20 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown but for catching the ball he made he's had back-to-back weeks with big plays in the passing game he had three receptions for 45 yards in this game that is absolutely huge for the Buffalo Bills for me that is awesome when they picked Singletary in the third round as you know I was not a huge fan of that pick I spoke to a couple of my friends. They weren't huge fans of that pick either. I felt like we had more needs than running back on this team. But they went out and they got a running back. It made LaShawn McCoy expendable. So they went out and they, I think they traded LaShawn McCoy. And Devin Singletary looks like he's going to be able to step right in. Maybe not as dynamic a runner as LaShawn McCoy, but he gets the job done. He is a one-cut guy find the hole, explode into it, and if you meet him in the hole, he makes you miss. That is the one thing about Devin Singletary that is awesome to watch. He is rarely brought down by the first uh, by first contact, by the first tackler. He makes NFL guys look silly trying to tackle him, and that is absolutely uh, a big thing for the Buffalo Bills moving forward is to get Devin Singletary the ball more and more and more. 20 carries, 3 receptions, 23 touches in total. I think this kid, if he gets the blocking scheme down and can pick up blitzes and things like that, I think he has to be your starter with Frank Gore spelling him every once in a while. Frank Gore did still have, uh, I believe, 11 carries in this game. He had next to no yards, though. Was stuffed multiple times on the one-yard line, uh, four downs in a row. So that's not a good thing. I don't know if maybe this is finally the time where Frank Gore is kind of hitting that wall and getting stopped, or maybe it was just the offensive line getting completely manhandled uh, a lot in this game in terms of uh, any time Frank Gore ran the ball. Also in this game, John Brown continued his strong play. He had four catches for 76 yards. 
He did, however, commit a very poor drop on probably Allen's Josh Allen's best play of the game. So Allen's best play of the game, it's on game tape, but it doesn't go down in the stat book. And, you know, that kind of, I don't want to say that hurts anything, but you would like to see Brown make that catch. Allen is in the pocket. Looks like he's going to get sacked for sure. Breaks away from one, uh, two tackles in the pocket. Gets tripped as he's running outside to the right, uh, bootlegging out to the right, uh, or scrambling out to the right, not bootlegging, scrambling out to the right. Gets tripped, keeps his balance, and fires an absolute uh, missile, laser, dot, whatever you want to call it, down to the right sideline, and, and it was an absolutely perfect throw. John Brown needs to make that catch. The good thing for the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen comes back to him on the next play, and John Brown makes a very good catch on the right sideline to kind of atone for the drop that he had the very play before that. John Brown, as I said, continues his strong play. He is still on pace to be Buffalo's first 1,200-yard receiver since Lee Evans in 2006. The Buffalo Bills have not had a receiver eclipse 1,200 yards since Lee Evans in 2006. That is crazy. That goes to show that we haven't really had any sort of real dynamic playmakers. And when we did, we didn't have the quarterback that could get them the ball enough. So that is a huge, huge thing. I think that the three-year deal for John Brown, he is earning every single penny of that three-year contract. And I think if you get him a guy, like I said before, like a John Brown on the other side, somebody that is maybe not, you know, a bona fide number one, but somebody that is just as talented as John Brown on the other side, it takes a lot of pressure off of him. It will open a lot of plays up for both guys on both sides. And I think it will really, really benefit the offense. And maybe Duke Williams can be that guy. Right now, he hasn't shown enough that he can be that guy. He was hurt last game. He wasn't active. So hopefully he comes back soon and he continues to grow and become the wide receiver that he looked like he was going to be when he was playing college in Auburn and the the receiver he was in the CFL two years ago. Another thing, Josh Allen, he looked good in this game. The only thing I would say is that they, you know, they, I feel like they have to put the ball in his hands more. He was a game manager in this game. He looked fine. He looked great, you know, for the things that they did ask him to do. He had a couple of really good plays. He had a couple of plays that weren't that good. But in this game, Josh Allen was 14 of 20 for 160 yards, one touchdown. He also had eight carries for 12 yards, and he added a rushing touchdown. That is now three straight games, though, where he has not thrown an interception. That is a big, big stat for Josh Allen, who... Had to learn how to take care of the ball. It looks like with the you know lessening of him throwing the ball as much, or with him not throwing the ball as much is what I'm trying to say, is that he is really limiting his mistakes. The only thing is he fumbled the ball again, rushing the ball, trying to take on a defender instead of sliding and getting down. Look, I get it. You're big. You're strong. You're tough. But in that position, you don't have to lower your shoulder. It's second down. We don't need the first down on that play. You slide, you take one less yard, and you you get the play on third down. So that's still the thing that Josh Allen needs to learn. This isn't college. He doesn't have to do it by himself. He doesn't have to run over defenders. He can he should slide, 
take care of his body, and also it helps take care of the ball. Because when he tried to take the defender on, the defender wrapped him up, the ball came out, and luckily for the Bills, they were able to recover again. I believe he now has nine fumbles on the season. That is something that is a very, very big issue for him, and he really needs to clean up going forward if he wants to be the franchise quarterback. Something else on Josh Allen. The fumbles is one thing. His athleticism still gets him into trouble. And what I mean by gets him into trouble is the Bills have a first and goal from the two. The play design is out to the left. Josh Allen doesn't get the ball out of his hands in time. Then he rolls out to his right. There's obviously nobody there. But instead of throwing, recognizing that and throwing the ball away, he ends up taking a sack on that play and really set the Bills back. They end up taking another penalty on that play and having to settle for essentially three points. Now, if Allen throws that ball away, they can come back. They have two more plays to get two yards and get into the end zone. That is the difference sometimes between winning and losing is that one decision right there. And those are the things that Allen still needs to get better at. As I said earlier, Allen looked good with the times that they did ask him to throw as he was 14 of 20, but he only had 160 yards. He really only managed the game. They threw the ball 20 times. And they ran the ball 39 times, so almost double, 2-1, to one, running to passing. Uh, in today's NFL, that will work sometimes, and that will work when your defense is playing really well, and that will work when you are playing against a team like the Redskins, who are not very good. But I think in a game against a really good team or a team that has a really good offense, that style of play is not going to work. It has shown under a guy like Tyrod Taylor... Uh, the only difference between Tyrod and, and Josh Allen is Josh Allen can win games from behind with his arm, but I want to continue to see Josh Allen grow, and tw- throwing the ball 20 times a game is not going to help him grow. Now, after saying that, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. I don't care that Josh Allen really throws the ball 20 times a game. I kind of do because I want to see the kid grow. I want to see him be that franchise quarterback that we have yearned for for years in the city of Buffalo, but right now we're just winning. We're winning for the first time in a very long time, and we're winning consistently. We are consistently beating the teams that we are supposed to beat, and that is something that we have not been able to say in Buffalo for an extraordinary amount of time. Also, I wanted to throw this in here on a side note. Jordan Phillips, who was claimed off of waivers from Miami last year and signed with the Bills on a one-year deal, leads the Buffalo Bills in sacks. He has six sacks, one forced fumble, and this past game he got the start over Ed Oliver. Now, are you concerned that Phillips got the start over Ed Oliver? Do you think it's more of a, a product of Oliver not quite being up to the task of being a defensive tackle in the NFL. He is undersized. Or do you think it's just a play of Jordan Phillips that really cemented him as the starter for the Buffalo Bills and is really giving him a lot more snaps for the Bills? Me right now, it's early. Ed Oliver is a rookie. He's he's learning still. I know we're, you know, what, nine games, eight games into the season, nine game, eight games into the season. I'm sorry, I just said six and two. We're eight games into the season, nine weeks into the season. He's still learning. He's still a rookie. Is he undersized? Yeah. 
He has shown flashes, though. He's shown flashes. He's shown the power that he does have in the NFL. Do I think he's going to get it? Yeah, I do think he's going to get it eventually. If he doesn't get it, though, do you think he would be opposed to trying to use his skill set on the outside, maybe as a defensive end? He is he is six foot one. They have him listed at six foot one, two hundred and eighty seven pounds, I think, something like that. Jerry Hughes is six foot two, two hundred and fifty four pounds. So he's not much. He's shorter than than Jerry Hughes, but he's not much heavier than Jerry Hughes. Do you think he could play the outside and be a force on the outside? Uh, I'm not really sure. That's a question that you guys have to answer for yourselves. That's going to do it for this segment. Stick around in segment number two. We're going to talk about the UB Bulls dominating win over Eastern Michigan University. All right, let's jump right into things in segment two and talk about UB's dominating win over Eastern Michigan. The Bulls won their third straight game, beating Eastern Michigan 43-13. I want to start off by talking about the UB Bulls defense, who was again very impressive. They are a top 10 defense in the entire FBS in terms of statistics. And I think that they are a top 10, they are potentially a top 10 defense in all of college football, period. And I say that because they took a Penn State team who people are talking about potentially being in the college football playoff and giving them a scare. They held them to seven points in the first half at home. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible by the Bill or the Bulls defense, I'm sorry. Now you take out one play in this game. The Bulls had one bad play on defense. Glass, their starting quarterback, rolls out, breaks contain, rolls out to his left, and finds a wide open receiver on the left sideline for an 80-yard touchdown early in the first quarter, mind you. It was their second possession. He finds Sexton down the left sideline, wide open, 80-yard touchdown. Bang, just like that. But after that, the Bulls' defense clamped down. For the rest of the game, the Bulls allowed, take that play out of it, take that one play out of it and the 80 yards out of it. The Bulls held EMU, both quarterbacks, Glass and Hutchinson. Glass got hurt early in the game. Hutchinson came in for cleanup. They held these quarterbacks combined to a 13-for-24 passing for just 105 yards and one interception. That is crazy good. Crazy good. Now, the Bulls defense after getting, or the offense after getting scored on, they did an awesome thing, and this is what I really liked. They came right out, and they threw a haymaker punch of their own. Van Trees to, to Antonio Nunn down the left sideline for 34 yards. Fantastic play call. Vantrese recognized the one-on-one, and Nunn makes a great play after a great throw by Vantrese. They punched him right back. Get all the way down to the two-yard line, and then they're stopped on four consecutive plays, essentially. They're stopped. On fourth down, the Bulls go for it. It's a read option play. Vantrese keeps it and gets stuffed. But that's the faith that Lance Leipold has in his defense, and he should have faith in his defense. Because after a couple of plays that go nowhere, on the third down, Glass goes back to pass. The Bulls sack him in the end zone for a safety. The Buffalo Bulls have just been, their defense has been absolutely dynamite. Now, UB dominated play in this game. UB ran 82 offensive plays to just 42 for EMU. 
they almost doubled them up in terms of offensive plays. That is how good the defense is, and that is how good the offense was. They held EMU's offense off the field completely. Kyle Van Treese looked very strong in his third start of the season. He now has a 2-1 record as a starter. He was 15-23 for 208 yards and a touchdown. He added five carries for six yards and two additional touchdowns on the ground. Now, I'm unsure if it's the if the coaching staff believes in Kyle Vantries more, or maybe they were calling these same plays for Matt Myers, but Matt Myers was not recognizing uh, things and really not trusting his receivers downfield. Kyle Vantries has given the UB Bulls a passing game, and it has done nothing but made the running game that much better. It has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Multiple play calls downfield, multiple deep passes downfield, and one-on-one coverage, Vantries trust Antonio Nunn to make a play. Multiple times in this game he did that. Had him 34 yards down the left sideline, one-on-one reception, Antonio Nunn. Had him in the back of the end zone. Touchdown. Antonio Nunn gets his foot down. It was an amazing play, by the way. If you want to go see it, if you didn't see the game, go head over to my Twitter, Sports Talk Buff One, and go down, uh, scroll down on my page. I shared the play from ESPN Plus or ESPNU, wherever I got, wherever I got the play call from, or the, the clip. I shared it on my Twitter. It was an amazing play, and you should go watch it. It was awesome. Like I said before, the emergence of the passing game has done nothing but made the run game more deadly. The Bulls rushed for 256 total yards between the three, Van Treese, Marks, and Patterson. And they had five, yes, five total touchdowns on the ground. Two for Patterson, one for Marks, two for Van Treese. Jared Patterson in this game ran the ball. He did what he always does. He seemingly always does or has done for the UB Bulls these past This past year and a half, he is just a sophomore, by the way. He has an entire another year, at least, to play for UB. Same thing with Kevin Marks. He ran, uh, Jared Patterson ran the ball 33 carries for 160 yards and two touchdowns. 4.8 yards a carry. Kevin Marks in this game, 21 carries, 90 yards, 4.3 yards a carry, I believe. One touchdown. Also in this game, receiving, like I said, the semblance of a passing game. Antonio Nunn really starting to turn it on these last few weeks. Antonio Nunn, seven catches, 87 yards and a touchdown, and a fantastic catch in the back right corner with a, with a reception toe tap. Gets his foot down. A big thing, Daniel Lee comes in in this game, has a, has a pretty good game, three catches, 67 yards, no touchdowns. Zach Lefebvre, the tight end, fantastic in this game. Made a couple of big-time catches on the right sideline. Three receptions, 40 yards. Those are the types of things that UB needs in order to keep this winning streak alive. UB is now 5-4 and four overall, 3-2 and two in the MAC, and they're riding a three-game win streak. It looked like the season was all but over, and UB has pulled out three straight wins. The Bulls are looking for bowl eligibility for the third straight year. Their previous two years last year, they played in the Dollar General Bowl, and they lost to a very good Troy team. And the year before that, they won three straight games at the end of the year to be 6-6 six and six to finish out the year, but they were one of the two teams that got snubbed for a bowl game, or one of the three teams, I believe, that got snubbed for a bowl game. 
So to be bowl eligible for three years in a row, it's a testament to what the coaching staff is doing and what they're really building here at the University at Buffalo. And it is exciting. Fans should really, really take note. I can't believe more people don't go watch this team play. They are fun to watch. College football is fun to watch. And we finally have a program in Western New York that is worth going to see. Tell your friends and family, let's go see the Bulls. Let's go support them. Not just in basketball, but in football. Is it cold out? Sure, it's cold out. The games in the earlier part of the year, they're fun. They have concerts, food trucks, all sorts of stuff. It's fun to tailgate. It's not quite like a Bills tailgate. It's a little bit more family friendly. But it's fun. It's a good time. And the Bulls games is a good are, are a good time. You should go there. You should tell your friends. And you, you should get some friends. And you should go and you should watch them play. Because that will also help grow this program. The Bulls could potentially still win a Mac East title. They are just a half game behind Ohio. Ohio has the tie break on the UB Bulls, of course. They beat UB here on uh, Senior Day, or uh, not Senior Day, Homecoming, I'm sorry. They beat the Bulls here on Homecoming in overtime, mind you. And it was their the Bulls' kicking game that really, I don't want to say lost in the game. There was a lot of plays in that game that UB should have really uh, done better with. There was a fumble by Van Treese, a lot of dropped passes by Lefebvre in that game. And the Bulls still lost in overtime. They lost 21-20. to uh, They missed an extra point in overtime. The Bulls' next game is against Kent State November 14th. The Bulls are going to look to continue their winning ways, their dominant defense, and incredible offensive output. They've scored 43 in two straight games. Is this the team that Tyree Jackson had where they're going to be slinging the ball all over the place? It's not. But with Kyle Van Treese at the helm, I got to tell you, this passing game is pretty fun to watch too. And it is really fun to watch guys like Jared Patterson and Kevin Marks run rough shot over opposing teams' defenses. You're talking about two guys who are potentially going to go to the NFL if they continue to run like they do. Jared Patterson, sophomore, already has over 2,000 yards. He's fifth all-time in just a year and a half at UB. He's going to be the record holder at UB in terms of rush yards. Kevin Marks is not far behind that either. Both guys absolutely dynamic, and the UB Bulls are fun to watch. You should go watch them. But that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. If you like what you're hearing, remember to tell your friends and tell your family, tell your coworkers, have them tell people. You can listen to me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course right here on Anchor. If you want to get involved in the show, you can also go ahead, go online, and leave me a voice message, and your voice message will most likely end up in this show also. You can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's SportstalkBuff1 on Twitter to find out what's going on with the show and to just get my overall opinion on a lot of things going on with not just uh, Buffalo Athletics, but athletics, uh, but, but sports in general. You can also get at me at the email for this podcast, sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. Again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a very good week.